from Sarasota Memorial and the Deb Kavanaugh Multimedia Studio. This is HealthCast, a healthy dose of information from experts you can trust. Hi, everybody. Welcome to HealthCast. I'm Allison Gottermeyer. Thank you so much for joining us today as we talk about GI cancers and prevention methods. Our guest today is Dr. Stephen Cusera, the Medical Director of Gastroenterology and Endoscopic Oncology with First Physicians Group here in Sarasota. Dr. Cusera, thank you so much for joining You're us. You're welcome, Allison. Thank you. So we want to start with the basics. Most adults, adults do know that eventually they're going to have to have a colonoscopy or it's going to be recommended to them. Can you explain what exactly a colonoscopy is? <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's, it, let's start, let's be very simple with this. It's a potentially life-saving test. And it is a screening test that becomes applicable in middle age in which we are screening individuals for colon cancer or the precursor thereof, which we call colon polyps. The exam itself is an exam that's performed in a medical facility under sedation with a flexible endoscope that we use to take a look in the large bowel or the colon. Why are colonoscopies such an important prevention measure for colon cancer? So as I alluded to, it, it really truly gives us an opportunity to prevent colon cancer. When we talk about medicine in the current state of time, we talk about prevention and we talk about taking care of or treating diseases in their earliest state because we know that preventing a disease is much better than getting a disease. And we also know that treating a, a disease such as cancer in its early state oftentimes results in cures where later on that may not be the case. And what colonoscopy gives us the opportunity to do is both detect early cancers, but more importantly, prevent cancer altogether. It's been shown since the 1960s that, that colon cancers start from growths in the colon called polyps. Polyps aren't cancer, but if we leave them there long enough, they'll become one. So what colonoscopy gives us the opportunity to do is to find those polyps in people that, that, that may have them and remove them so that we are able to prevent the cancer altogether. Who is most at risk? Everybody. Absolutely everybody. This disease does not skip. It does not select unhealthy people. It does not skip healthy people. Everybody is at risk. Your lifetime risk, every individual in general health in the United States, Western Europe, has a 4% lifetime risk of developing colon cancer. It's not unhealthy people. It's not old people. It's middle-aged folks, and it, the disease does not discriminate. Is there any genetic tie? Absolutely. We, only, we believe about 5% of colon cancers carry a very direct linkage with genetics, meaning there are colon cancer genes that can be passed from a parent to a child, but that's a very small percentage of colon cancers. 95% of the time, this is a sporadic disease. So really everyone needs to be vigilant, yes. but especially those who have a family history. Or other known genetic syndromes that also impart a uh, risk of colon cancer. The field of genetics has gone exponentially wild, just even in my short career um, as being a gastroenterologist. And we now know that folks with breast cancer may harbor certain genes that increase the risk for colon cancer in addition to, to that, or you know, pancreas cancer. Or uh, there are other genetic syndromes or, or states which also increase our colon cancer risk. But again, that's the minority, minority of folks. For the general population, it's without you know, having the um, option of having genetic testing, uh, we recognize that colon cancer oftentimes um, clusters in families and there is some sort of indirect genetic 
link there, meaning if my mother had colon cancer at a young age, I would certainly be at a two to three times risk of having, you know, a two to three times higher risk of having colon cancer than an average person. So that's an easy, easy marker, you know, and especially if we have close family members with colon cancers and especially at young ages, these are things that we need to bring to attention so that we can get screened. Does colon cancer have any symptoms or are most of them discovered with your colonoscopy? So colon cancer, by the time symptoms develop, you know, you use the old adage, but the cat's out of the bag. In order for a cancer to have caused a symptom like bleeding or obstruction or pain, the tumor has gotten fairly large. And by that point, you know, you're talking about a cure rate that drops off the curve. And we, we do very well, even with advanced stage colon cancers these days, we really do. But when you detect a colon cancer when it's asymptomatic in its earliest form, your five-year survival rate is greater than 90%, which is pretty good as far as cancer states go. So who should have a colonoscopy? Everybody. When? Everybody. So when is the, the, the topic for discussion? Because this has changed, right? Everybody's familiar with, I'm 50 years old, it's time for a colonoscopy. Um, 50, age 50 was kind of the, the, the standard that was there for a long time. And largely that was based upon data from the 1990s, early 1990s, 1980s, when colonoscopy kind of became a thing. Before that, it wasn't a widely utilized health screening tool. Um, in the year 2020, the United States Preventive Task Force and the American Cancer Society recognized that we had a big change in the uh, incidence of colon cancer, meaning we were seeing a lot of colon cancers diagnosed before the age of 50, which was really unusual because this, this was not something that was observed in, in, in prior decades. And we don't have a fantastic explanation for why that is, but what we, what we learned was that somewhere between 10 and 13% of colon cancers were happening below the age of 50. And that incidence was the exact same as the, age, as the incidence was of 50-year-olds in the early 1990s before screening became a widely accepted thing. So we have, uh, based on the, that data from 2020 and, and the years before, we've had a change in the recommendations. And we now start screening at age 45. So 45 is the new 50 for every healthy individual. We would do that earlier in people with family histories of colon cancer or, or even family histories of adenomatous or precancerous polyps. And, and we usually start around the age of 40 in most people in those, for those conditions. If it hasn't been recommended yet by the family physician, but someone watching this or listening to this podcast says, wait a second, I'm 45, I haven't had one yes. yet. What, should, what steps should they take? They can go a couple routes. One is to uh, have a conversation with their primary care doctor because primary care doctors, I think, are really in tune to these changes in the guidelines. And most of them, you know, are, are up to date and are saying, yes, we should. And in that situation, a primary care doctor knows who are the quality gastroenterologists in the community and they would offer a recommendation as to who they thought would fit best with that patient. If, the, if a patient maybe wanted to just investigate on, you know, on their own. Um, you know, the, most of the commercial insurance companies will allow for you know, self-referrals to specialists, and you could certainly call up a gastroenterologist and say, hey, I would like to come for a consultation about a colonoscopy. I'm 45, and you know, that's the kind of thing we do. we do all day. Now, if we're being honest, the colonoscopy appointment is not everyone's favorite appointment to make. We're just being honest here. So, what is the process in getting a colonoscopy? Right, so let's see if we can dispel some maybe myths or some yes. fears so that we can get people through the doors here. 
So yes, this, uh, the, the sound of having one of these exams or the idea of having one of these exams really is not high on everybody's list of things to do. But I generally tell people it beat, beats colostomy bags and chemotherapy. And so those two things you know, kind of ring a mark. So here's what happens. So in order to get a good visualization of the inside of the colon, we have to prepare the colon the day before. So we usually do a liquid diet the day before the exam. In the evening before the exam, there are laxative preparations that we take. And now they've, they've done some nice things to drug companies to make this as easy as, as possible. And now we have preps where we're able to just take pills that are completely safe. And we take those pills and we take a lot of fluid in between. And it, you know, quite frankly, it, it creates a lot of bowel movements over a short period of time. But it, the idea is that the colon gets cleaned completely. And that's really, really, really important because when we do the exam the next day, if we can't see things perfectly or if there are very subtle things, um, you know, a good quality bowel preparation allows us to pick those up. And a lot of these polyps are not, you know, mushrooms on a stalk, so to say. They're very flat lesions. They're things that are barely perceptible from the normal colon tissue. And so to have a good bowel preparation is paramount to getting a good quality colonoscopy, which brings us to procedure day. So we come into an outpatient facility. We get an IV. We get rehydrated with some IV fluid. Um, we have an anesthesia provider uh, that administers sedation for the exam. And I, I want to stress the word sedation, which means the patients breathe on their own. There's no ventilators. This is not general anesthesia. This is a very safe sedative that allows them to kind of sleep and, and not experience pain for the procedure. The procedure itself takes about 15 minutes. It's very quick. We use a flexible instrument that's about the width of a finger. And we travel through the colon and we instill um, CO2 or air in the colon and, and distend. So we can look behind all the little folds and crevices and we, and we examine the colon. And should we find a polyp, uh, we remove that at the time of the examination. And that's not a painful process. Polyp removal is very safe. It's not a, it doesn't hurt. Um, patient wakes up in recovery, spends about a half an hour after the procedure and goes home. How have colonoscopies and PrEP for colonoscopies changed over the years, if they have at all? Yeah, absolutely. So technology is part of it, right? Our instruments are safer, they're more flexible, the imaging is better. You know, when I started my training, colonoscopy was looking across the room at a really small uh, TV that had optics that were comparable to TV before high definition. And now we have, you know, 74 five-inch screens on the wall with high-definition. And really what that does from our standpoint is it improves the quality of the exam. It makes the exam more efficient and safer when we have safer instruments. And not that the older generation colonoscopes were not safe. It's just, you know, the newer, as technology changes, the newer instruments become safer and easier. And, and um, the, the procedure itself um, becomes a higher quality exam. The preparations have changed in that we generally are able to kind of work and have a normal day the day before. I mean, with some dietary changes, but we have generally a normal day before a colonoscopy. So in the past, we were taking an entire day for a preparation and then a colonoscopy, and then really we were kind of out of work or out of society for two days. Now it's kind of just the evening before the exam and then the day of the exam itself. Those preparations have become easier. Listen, this is not fun stuff, right? Nobody's idea of a good time. Whatever you eat or drink or take to clean the colon out is not pleasant, but um, it's, it's really doable. And when you think about the cost benefit or risk benefit analysis or potential health benefit to, to doing a screening test like this, it is really, really worthwhile. 
And one other wonderful thing that we like to tell our patients is when we are healthy and we don't have a family history or, an, or another unusual genetic condition and we get a colonoscopy around the age of 45 and we get a normal one, we don't have to have any screening for colon cancer for the next 10 years. The exam is a very high quality exam and it gives us 10 years of reassurance before the next go around. That is good news. So if a polyp is discovered during the procedure, what happens then? So during the procedure, 99% of polyps are removed right then and there. Almost all polyps are very safe to remove. Every now and then we will find a very large polyp that warrants further discussion with the patient as to how we're gonna manage that. Are we gonna come back for a second attempt at endoscopic removal? Are we gonna consider surgery? But for 99% of polyps, it is removed at that time. The um, devices which are used are akin to like a little lasso that's collect connected to an electrosurgical generator that allows us to just kind of, you know, very easily, you know, uh, remove that polyp. We capture the polyp and send them to the lab. And that's very important because not that we are worried that a particular a polyp has cancer, but we like to know the kind of polyp. So the science in pathology departments has changed quite a bit over the last 20 years. And we know that certain types of polyps put people at even higher risk from a genetic standpoint of having colon cancer in the future. And so that's really important. And it also is important to get the message out to the family. So if I come in at age 45 for a colonoscopy, healthy, happy, and I have a high-risk polyp, then my brothers and sisters need to be screened. My children need to be screened at a younger age. Um, so that type of thing is actually quite important. There are also some polyps that just bear absolutely no cancer potential whatsoever. And certain subsets of polyps are, even if removed, no problem, we send to the lab, lab says completely benign kind of polyp, not the kind of thing that would ever turn to colon cancer. And then we can safely say that individual can, can go 10 years before they have their ne next exam. Now, if someone has their colonoscopy done, whether or not a polyp is found, you said there's no pain during the procedure because they're sedated. Mm -hmm. Is there a chance of any pain after the fact? Typically not. Um, the lining, the first lining of the GI tract, which we call the mucosa, which is where the polyps come from, does not harbor nerve endings. So when we remove, again, a vast majority of polyps, which are small, we do it in a way in which a nerve ending would never be affected. So it, it is not a painful thing, either in recovery or at home or days later. If we get into larger polyps, which again are rare, but when we find larger polyps, we do tend to use a bit more electrocautery to, to remove them. And with them, sometimes there can be some irritation to the deeper layer of the colon where the nerve endings exist. And in those situations, we have a, a you know, a discussion with the patient after the procedure, listen, this was a larger polyp, we may experience this, we may experience that, we need you to do this today to help prevent any symptoms. And if there are any problems, you need to pick up the phone and call us right away. Because while colonoscopy is an incredibly safe test, very rarely we can have complications from polyp removal such as pain or fever or bleeding, or even injury to the bowel deeper than that that need urgent attention. But for the most part, this no, is an outpatient for the most part, procedure. This is an outpatient procedure where even if polyps are found, they're removed, and one would not even know that, that that happened. And you're going home that night? You're going home about a half an hour after your procedure's over. And that day is kind of a restful day, and obviously we don't operate heavy machinery, play on the roof, shop on home network shopping after we've been drugged, those kind of things. But that's a pretty normal day, and life goes back to normal. Now, worst case scenario, if a colon cancer was found, what does treatment look like? So again, if a colon cancer is found and an individual is asymptomatic, that is generally equates to that colon cancer being a very early stage tumor, which I alluded to earlier have incredibly high cure rates greater than 90% five-year survival rates. So after we find a cancer, we move towards surgery because surgery 
is the definitive procedure in which the cancer is removed. And we learn, we learn what we need to know uh, from the standpoint of microscopic evaluations and things like that. If a cancer is found, we also, move, we also obtain imaging, CAT scans or MRIs, to evaluate the anatomy before surgery. Um, but even with the advances in surgery these days, a lot of these surgeries are done minimally invasively with the robot or laparoscopically. And our recovery time from surgery is several days as compared to several weeks in the past. And so while nobody wants to hear the word cancer, if we find a very early cancer and if we get on that immediately and, and, get, and, and follow our protocol and get surgery done and get cured, you know, long term this becomes something that was an inconvenience in the past. Back to the colonoscopies themselves. Yeah. What do you think is the biz biggest misconception about them? I think most people get the most anxiety about the preparation. To be honest with you, when we talk to patients, most of them aren't nervous about the exam itself. I think most people just kind of get a little unnerved by the process of you know, drinking a laxative or taking pills that create a diarrhea-like effect and create this prep thing. But once, once people go, go through it the first time, it generally becomes something, oh, that wasn't, that's not a big deal. I'll be a little candid with you here. I had my first colonoscopy at age 40, and I'm a gastroenterologist and been doing this for a long time, and I was on edge a little bit. And, and a lot of it's just that you're having a procedure done that you hadn't had before. And what do you expect, right? And, you know, you go into surgery for the, what do you expect? This, you know, th these tests are so easy these days. And with skilled gastroenterologists, it becomes something that uh, I tell you, nine out of 10 people just look back and say, that was a piece of cake. I wish, you know, I wish I would have, you know, it's hard to give reassurance about something that you haven't been through, but um, having had it done before, the next one's gonna be a breeze. And we try to just, you know, we try to get that out there that this test has really become something that is quite easy to cruise right through without, without much in the way of disturbing life at all. And for most people, they don't have to come back. Her. That's the idea, right? So lately we've been seeing some big name celebrities, including people like Ryan Reynolds, mm -hmm. being more public about yes. having their colonoscopies, about finding polyps, the life-saving procedure mm -hmm. that they've had that was a screening procedure to prevent cancer. Why do you think it's so important that people are more outspoken about this? Several reasons. One, it's, it's, I think people relate to TV personalities, actors, actresses, sports figures, that sort of thing. And I think if you say, oh, that guy's kind of cool, and he did it, I can do it, right? Um, you know, let's talk about Ryan Reynolds doing a really cool thing. Let's talk about Chadwick Boseman, who at age 43 died of colon cancer, right? And this is someone who wouldn't even fit into the current screening guidelines at age 45. So, you know, th when things like this happen, it aware, it, 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 you know, gives a public awareness. And, and, and if it just clicks in the brain a little bit, hey, I, you know, that guy did that, I can do that. Katie Couric was the first to do this. She lost her husband to colon cancer. And she did her colonoscopy as a live on screen, you know, kind of thing. And it was a huge boost. They had data following her colonoscopy on, on TV with regards to the number of increase in screening that, that came from that. So if we can get celebrities or sports figures to advertise or get the word out, it's a wonderful thing. If it, get, if it gets people to the door to have a test that they should have anyway, it's a good thing. Raising awareness is so important. I think especially during COVID, we saw people putting off some Absolutely. of these preventative procedures or screenings, just staying home. Why do you think it's so important that if you've put it off or you've said, I don't want to do that or what, what is your message to the community regarding 
not waiting. <laughs> right. So there's never a good time to be inconvenienced, right? I mean, you know, what we have to think about in, in times like this is, is it, is it a safe time to have an exam, right? If we're in the middle of a hurricane or if we're in the middle of the pandemic, right, maybe that's not. But what we don't want to do is put things off months or years after that. We are in a very, very safe time in the United States to have routine medical procedures, screening tests, mammograms, colonoscopies, that sort of thing. And, you know, hopefully we don't kind of fall into that, oh, it's still COVID, I'm going to use this as an excuse kind of thing. Um, but in, you know, in state-of-the-art facilities with fantastic healthcare personnel and nurses and doctors and technicians and anesthesia providers, this couldn't be a safer time to have a test like this. So, you know, we get in and get screened and, and then hopefully forget about it for a while. And the risk of not having it is so much higher. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better, Allison. Dr. Kucera, thank you so much for joining us today. And of course, we encourage everyone in our community to visit smh.com to get the latest from Sarasota Memorial. Have a great day. Thank you.